Yes, very good. Praise God. Oh, the Lord is good. I love communion. Great word, Ian. Yeah, the blood of the new covenant when we partake of the cup. And God has the covenant from his end. He was the one that sent his son. He went about to resolve the problem that we had of self-centeredness. But, and, the, and the selfless love of God gave his only begotten son. What a story. The greatest story of all time. And we're in covenant relationship with our God. He's our dad. He's our father who's in heaven. And he lives within us too. We've been regenerated because those of us who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, regenerated in the spirit, praise God. We could preach on that, couldn't we? Glory, glory. I love it. God is good. Thank you, Father. Father, just bless the word today, we pray. Open our eyes and ears, Father, just to hear your word, we pray. Give us a new word into our spirit, into our hearts, we pray. Speak to bring about change and blessing and favor, Father, a new vision, we ask in Jesus' name, for his glory. Amen. Well, our theme today, or our theme this month is Dream Again. And my, the title of my message today is Dream, It's Time to Dream Again. It's Time to Dream Again. Absolutely. I love New Year's. We're not talking about a New Year's resolution, but we're talking about having dreams, great dreams. I know the last week, uh, the last time we came here for service was at the 27th of December. 27th, whenever it was. We, 23rd, was it? We spoke, we spoke about, I spoke about Habakkuk. We read in there about watching and getting a vision in chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 of Habakkuk. And um, yeah, we, and, and writing the vision down and uh, running with it or working, another W, and then, and then waiting. We spoke about waiting. Sometimes we've got to wait when we ask prayers and pray things. Sometimes you wait a long time. We've been meeting here for 13 years. It'll be 14 years this year, and we, we still see what we saw at the beginning. Thousands throughout Northland coming to Christ. Many lights in the place. Look at all those lights. They all represent people around Northland. Look at that. Glory all glowing, all alive, and illuminated by the Spirit of God and given life and light. The Word says, in Him was light. And that light was the life of men. And they need them if they're going to shine like a light bulb. <laughs> Are you shining today? Glory. Wow, so it's time to dream again. Acts 2 verse 17 says, and, it shall, and it's a, it's, this is a prophet Joel that's been quoted here. And it shall come, come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. God is speaking. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. Well, I wasn't going to say you're old. I'm going to say you're mature, the mature men on the front row. And why are they dreaming again? They shall, yeah, they'll dream dreams or they'll dream again. Maybe they have been asleep. I don't know. Maybe they've been asleep. And they need to dream again. Sometimes we started out, we start in life as dreamers, don't we? When we're in the play, in, in the sandpit, and we see a truck, I want to grow up and be a truck driver, or I want to be a pilot, or, you know, we have these great dreams, but as we go through life, they get squashed, don't they, sometimes? Sometimes we come across people who are dream killers. And uh, sad to say, sometimes I've felt a bit like that, even fairly recently with my children. Dad, I want to get a house. What if I did this? What if I did that? Oh, yes, but you want to be careful of this. You know, ooh, and then I've been hearing the Lord say, Paul, don't be a dream killer. Have you ever been a dream killer? 
You don't want to be a dream killer. We need, it's time to dream again. Let's not squash dreams. Let's, let's start dreaming, big dreams. See, you are born to make a difference in this world. That's why young children start to dream until they get knocked down, knocked down. They recognize the source of their dream. They think maybe it's in me and I'm trying to do this and I can't do it anymore and we get knocked down. But God is the source of all our dreams. We can have infinitely great, eternal, magnificent, wonderful dreams. You were born to make a difference in this world. You are a world changer. There's no mistake that you're sitting here in the congregation this morning on this first Sunday of a new year. You could be anywhere else in the world today. But you're here among the few people in this room. But you are significant and your life is significant. You know, God was speaking to uh, Ezekiel, wasn't he, in chapter 37? And he asked him the question, can these bones live again? We haven't got the verse up there, I don't think. Oh, we do. Oh, that is one I put in. Can these bones live again? And Ezekiel's thinking, what sort of question is that? These bones are really dry, you know. If they haven't done it right now, up till now, what hope is there of the future? They're dead, they're dry. What a stupid question. Can these bones live again? And he really wanted to say no, but because it was such a weird question, he goes, well, you know, Lord. See, he's just covering up a bit, you know. Didn't want to look like an idiot. Well, well, you know. Of course they can't. <laughs> but they can. They can. Oh, you better believe it. Revival is here. Yeah, come on. Can these bones in Northland live again? They can. Yeah, you know, Lord. Oh, Lord, you know. God knows. Some, see, there was a valley of dry bones. And sometimes when you're down in the valley, yeah, when you're on the mountaintop, you can see a long way away. But as we go through different experiences in life, we go through valley conditions and you can't see so far ahead. And sometimes we go through deep, dark valleys. We lose sight of vision. And you talk to some people and they say, how are you going? Oh, surviving. I'm surviving. What? I hope you don't ever say that, do you? You're not a survivor. I hope you're a thriver. I'm thriving in the goodness of God. All our life you have been faithful. You know, all our life you have been so, so good. Just surviving. Just surviving. What? It's time, my brother, my sister, to dream again. Young and old together. Mature, I should say. You know, Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. You know what do sheep do when they go astray? They get in a long line, and you get all these sheep in a long line, all looking at each other's butt and hoping that there's a shepherd up in front. Just hoping and praying there's a, there's a shepherd way up there in front. <laughs> Molly. 99 of us can't be wrong, can we? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's time to dream again. Come on. Glory. Let's follow the good shepherd. <clears throat> Don't think too long on that. But just think on him. Look to him. Praise God. The shepherd is before us. He leads us. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Glory, glory. Who are you following? Okay. I've got four questions to ask you. 
That's just for the start of the message, though. So sitting for the long haul here. Awesome. Do you have a dream? Number Question number one, do you have a dream? How many of you have a vision that the Lord has put inside you and it's burning within you? And you can see it. It might not have come to fruition, but you have a dream. I hope every one of you have a dream. But so sadly in life, so few of us sometimes have a dream. And we're only just going from one day to the next and just eking out an existence. But I want to ask you this morning, do you have a dream? I read a quote about history. And it says, history is not a divine force set in stone. It's not. It says, it is a servant to those who make it. It's not a, history isn't a divine force set in stone. It's a servant to those who make it. You're here for a very purpose of making history today, to follow our Lord, to sow your life like He laid down His life into coming generations, to start to have vision, to look beyond yourself, but to beyond your lifetime and to lay your life down. Why, the other alternative, you could just live selfishly. That's what sin is, selfishness. Filling yourself up on the pleasures of this world, saving up to your retirement, not your refinement, like Ian and that. He's just refired all the time. Glory. And it's a terrible existence. You have an opportunity and a chance to make history today. Do you have a dream? It's time to dream again. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Without vision or without a dream, the people perish. In other words, they cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. That's not the Ten Commandments. See, I have a vision to lose weight. I've lost 14 kilograms in the last, what, three and a half months. But I have a vision by July to lose another, by June to lose another nine. But I have to keep the law. There's certain things that I'm not going to eat. And there's certain things I can eat. You see? Or I could cast off restraint, and I didn't do that over Christmas and New Year, and start eating chocolate. You take one chocolate, you eat another chocolate. I love chocolate. I love ice cream. Hokey pokey. Who likes hokey pokey ice cream? Yes. But if you want to lose weight, you have to keep not cast off restraint. But it's the same with the vision. There's certain things that have to be put in motion if you want to reach the other end. If you want to own a house one day, you can't just go and spend all your money on a flash car. You start saving up when you're young. You start putting away. Don't cast off restraint. Otherwise, you'll be saying, hey, the house prices are really expensive now, and I'm in my 30s, and if I'd actually saved up and put a deposit down 10 years ago, it would have been fine now. The mortgage would have looked very small now, but now it's looking very gigantic. That's just a thought. But you'll perish without a vision. We need vision, all of us. It's time to dream again. Helen Keller, Helen Keller was a blind person. She was a writer, and she was a speaker. And she was asked one day, what could possibly be worse than born, born, being born blind? Do you know what she said? To have sight without vision. Is that you today that you've got sight but you've got no vision? Without vision, people perish. What is your vision? What is your dream? Or are you just living for yourself? It's time to dream again. Number two, the second question. Who is first in your dream? If you do have a dream, who's first? Is it you? Is it a dream all about me or is it about others? Good question. Who's first in your dream? Is it me or is it others? 
Perhaps your dreams to own a house or, or help your children out. Maybe your children are your, uh, first in your dream. Maybe your dream is to see people saved and your, your gift is evangelism and, and others are first out there. See, with God, he's, He is love and love is always other-centered. So this is just a test. When I ask a question like that about your dream and your dreams that you have, the test to see whether it's self-centered and, and a selfish dream is who's first in your dream? Just a thought. You know, the disciples were hanging around Jesus, and when they hung around him, it seemed that just in his presence, dreams were activated. Because they wanted to argue all the time about who's going to be the greatest. You know, all of a sudden, they're wanting to dream. And uh, a couple of them even got their uh, mother involved to ask Jesus if one could sit on this side of him and the other on the left. You see, though, they were, they were dreaming big dreams. I want, I want my boy, is it all right? I just want to ask you this, Lord, if my boys could sit one on each side of you. And uh, the, other, the other disciples were really upset about this. And you know why they were upset, don't you? Because they never, they never thought about getting their mums involved. <laughs> anyway, just a thought. But they were dreaming big. When you hang around with Jesus, you're going to have big dreams. I want to tell you that. God made you special and He's placed amazing gifts inside of you so that you can help and, and make a difference in the world around you. And when we, when we lay hold of the great and precious promises in God's Word, we do the impossible in our lives. And when we do that, we encourage others to do it also. God, God takes the small things of this world and the little that you give Him, He'll multiply it. You always need a God factor in it. It's time to dream again. The third question is, is your dream so big that it, it would interest God? How big is your dream? Is it just about you and your small corner? Is it a very big dream? I want us today, each one of us, to have a big dream. Our vision here at Excite is a big vision. We see thousands, as I say, and we often talk about it, coming to Christ. We're preparing for the, for the revival and people coming in, and revival is here. Revival is in us. It's wherever Jesus is, there's revival. Wherever the light is shining, there's revival. Whoa. Here's another quote. Inside your dream or your vision is the ability to see God's presence, perceive God's power, and to focus on God's plan in spite of the obstacles. That's the power of having a dream. I'll say that again. Inside your dream or your vision is the ability to see God's presence, perceive God's power, and to focus on God's plan in spite of the obstacles. There's many obstacles when you want to grow a large church so that you can reach out and, and encourage other churches and send teams out, or even just run Kids Alive well. You know, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of planning, a lot of people involved. It takes a lot of sacrifice on both, even to run a, the worship team, the, the people that come here at 7 o'clock in the morning and begin to sit up. Set up. But they have vision. And they're using their gifts and abilities. And, and there's often obstacles. But inside your dream is the ability to see God's presence, perceive God's power, and to focus on God's plan in spite of the obstacles. And that's what Joshua and Caleb were like. They went in with the other of the 12 spies into the land of Canaan, and they came back with a good report, and they said, we're well able to take this land. But the other 10 spies saw only obstacles. They saw giants. 
but we need to be like Joshua. And we can keep the dream that God has given us even though we face great opposition. And eventually, over time, that's wait for it. That's what Habakkuk said, wait for it. Over time, Joshua led the children of Israel, not Moses, into the promised land. Glory to God. It's time to dream again. Number four question. Does your dream include team? Wow, that's good. Does your dream include team? These are just some questions I came up with. But there's a reason for it. Because we're part of a team. We're part of a body. It's not just all about us. We have to work with one another. We're in community. We're in body. We're in family. The family of God. Glory to God. Does your dream include team? Daniel uh, chapter 11 verse 33 says, The people who know their God, not the person who knows is his God, the people who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. See, God puts the lonely in family. Don't do life on your own. God wants you to be part of something greater than yourself. Praise God, and he wants to use your gifts for the blessing of others, blessing of family, and then blessing of the community. Praise God. Okay, just in the last part of this message, I want to just speak about, bring something from five different people in the Scriptures. Five people who through faith had great victory in their life. They saw the hand of God move, and we can take a little bit of encouragement from each one. It's time to dream again. As we dream again, it's always good to get encouragement. The first one is Queen Esther. I don't know if you know um, the story of Queen Esther. She had the opportunity to save the Jewish people. She became queen. God uh, amazingly overruled. She didn't have mother or father. She was an orphan girl. But she was taken in and looked after by her uncle Mordecai. Uh, He had adopted Esther. And then there was a crisis. There was a wicked man, Haman, who wanted to destroy all her people. And he was plotting, and the king didn't really know about it, but Mordecai really wanted Esther, the queen, to go into the king and to actually tell him about it, what was happening. And the trouble was in those days, if you did that, and the king hadn't called for one of his ladies, he could, if he didn't hold the scepter out, it was curtains for you. You were going to get whatever that means. Who knows what it meant. But anyway, so there was a bit of a hesitance of going in to request something of the king. But Esther was encouraged here. And I just want to take this little verse here from Esther 4. You can read the story yourself. But Esther 4, verse 14. And this is Mordecai saying to, speaking to Esther, encouraging her to go in uh, to the king and maybe save her people. See, the simile is that maybe God's put you here so that those people out there can be saved and you need to go in before the king on behalf, our king on behalf of the people that are out there in the community. Maybe he's brought you to this place for such a time as this, and it's time for you to dream again. And he says there in Esther 4, verse 14, For if you remain completely silent at this time, see how quiet I am when I speak? Very silent. Relief and deliverance will arise. Watch this. For the the Jews from another place, there is deliverance coming for Northland. The drug addiction. The suicide, there is deliverance coming. Make no mistake about that, my brother and sister. But if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Without a vision, you're going to perish. 
you'll perish in your self-centeredness. Yet who, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Queen Esther. Wow. And she went in. She let God use her. I want to encourage you today. Let God use you. Where you sit in your seat. You are here. It's not a mistake that you're here today. It's just I, I just I just trust that the Lord by His Spirit and through His Word is just bringing that up in your spirit. And just you, you just saying, Amen. I want my life to count. I want to be used by God. Let Him use me. I, I'm not just going randomly through, through, through time and, and through life and with no aim or object. Let Him use you. Let God use you. It's time to dream again. Then we come to the second great one we read about. David in fighting Goliath. You know that story. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 47. And David's on his way down with his sling, the, the youngest in his father's household, and, uh, and small compared with soldiers, let alone this 10-foot giant. Crazy how big Goliath was. Massive, powerful, berating the armies of Israel for about 40 days. And David couldn't handle that. He said, what's going on here? He saw God. He didn't see, he didn't see Goliath. And so what he says to Goliath in Samuel 17, verse 47, he says, as he's going down with his sling and Goliath has got all his weapons, the Lord does not save with the sword and spear. For the battle is David's, the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Do you know, the battle is the Lord's out there. Our father has people in Northland and Aotearoa on his hearts. Uh, but this is the second thing you need to realize. The battle is not yours. It's not mine. It's the Lord's. And we've been welcomed to work with Him, to walk with Him. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us all authority, but the battle is the Lord's. So let the Lord fight the battle. Number two. And then the third one is Elijah up Mount Carmel. You remember that with 450 prophets of Baal leading the children of Israel astray, Baal worshippers, worshipping idols and not worshipping the living God. And here's just Elijah the prophet on his own. And he's up the mountain there and they're having a competition. He's taking the whole lot of them on single-handedly, just about the whole nation. And he's just standing for God. And he's basically saying, well, we'll build two altars and you get your sacrifice ready and I'll get mine over here and then put the matches away and the cigarette lighters, no cigarette lighters, please, today. What you're going to do is you're going to cry out to Baal and if he lights the fire, well, then you win. If God lights my fire, well, then I win. So they're going all day. I hope God lights your fire, by the way. <laughs> it's just a bonus, sorry. I hope he lights your fire. Glory to God. Um, he needs to light a fire within you. I pray today that he's doing that. If someone's fire is getting lit today, yeah, it's just a thought. But it's a little bit deeper than that. Just ponder on it for a moment. Glory to God. Okay. So here they are, praying, all these 450, praying down on the ground, cutting themselves, getting, you know, because Elijah's busy there going, oh, they're going for hours. They started in the morning and went right to dinner time. You know, and here he's going, well, he might be on the toilet. Come on, call out louder. You know, he might be out having a sleep. Come on, wake him up. And he's absolutely confident in his God, and there's only one of them. 
How confident are you in God? Yeah. See, you and God are the majority if you're walking with Him. He's going to fight the battle for you. There's no limit to what He could use you to do in your life. Greater things are before you. You might think, oh, I'm getting a bit older now. No way. We're only just warming up. I don't care how old you are. Ian's just, just warming up. He's, he's just about as young as the day he was born at heart. He's got a lot more wisdom now, though. Praise God for that. So anyway, in 1 Kings 18, verse 36, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, It's his turn now, you see. And he doesn't cut himself. He doesn't make big, long prayers. This is what he says. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. You are God in Israel, and I am your servant. Let it be known that you are God, and I am your servant, and that I've done all these things at your word. Let everyone know God is real and you are his servant. Do people out there know that God is real because of your life? That's what he wanted. If you catch a vision, if you dream again today a big dream, the end result will be that people will know that God is God and you're his servant. You're his servant. I, I, I hope, I know many people are questioning today whether God is real. All the garbage we get fed about, you know, 400 million, all, all that stuff out there, you know. All these random numbers that are thrown at people in evolution. God is real. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. Let everyone know. Does, any, does your neighbors and your friends know that God is real? Do they know that you are a Christian and you are the servant of God? I want to challenge you today. Maybe it's time today to dream again. The fourth person we're going to look at is Gideon. See, Gideon was resisting the call of God in his life. And God comes and he wants to, Gideon, to use Gideon to save Israel from the hands of the Midianites, the enemy that was coming. And we read in uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 14, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, your, you mighty man of valor. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Does this sound, hey, where's the miracles? Where's the signs and wonders? You know, we've heard about them. Where are they? If the Lord's really with us here at Excite, where are all the miracles? You know, that could be quite current, couldn't it? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Well, that's a miracle. He saved our lives. He transformed us. Yeah, we're new creation in Christ. What a miracle, the greatest miracle of all time. But now the Lord has forsaken us. This is Gideon. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this your might, and you shall save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. And then he says this, Have not I sent you? Have I not sent you? 
The angel of the Lord came and said, you mighty man of valor. I want to say to you today, you are a mighty woman or man of valor today. God has chosen you. We had that at the beginning in the prayer time. In, in John 15 and verse 16, Jesus said to the disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. You have been chosen of God today. You are here, but you're not just here selfishly to hear another sermon. You're here to be inspired. You're here to dream again, to be sent by God out into our community uh, with the gospel, that your life display the gospel. Have not I sent you? Know that you are sent. Know that you are sent. Glory to God. Dream again. Dream about the possibilities. That's Gideon in the fifth one, the last one. Jonathan and his armor bearer. Remember that? The Philistines were there, and here's Jonathan. Something, there's a fire burning within him, and his armor bearer is very faithful. And he's thinking, let's, he just wanted to take the whole army on by himself with his armor bearer. And the armor bearer is so loyal, he's saying, well, whatever, yep, I'm with you. So, and then they come to this place, and, the, and there's about 20 or more. Philistines up on the top of this hill, but it's so steep to get up to them. It's like a parasite, and they have to get right up the top. And it's so easy, they could have thrown rocks down, but they didn't bother because there's about 20 of them up there, and they're just laughing at them. Jonathan and the armor bear, it's crawling up on hands and knees. Yeah, they, 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 got, they got a dream. They got a vision of taking out these Philistines. Something's burning within them. You know, the Philistines are coming against Northland, but it's time to take out those, those enemies of the kingdom of God, those we, to do battle in the Spirit, to walk by faith, to be led of God's Spirit. And so we read in 1 Samuel 14, verse 6 and 7, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, armor Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Wow, what faith is that, eh? Would you do that? we we'll just get all the mates and say, hey, we all need to go together. You know, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or few. There's not a lot of people in this room. There's quite a lot of people in this room. If one man and one woman and God's a majority, there's a lot of people in this room. There's a lot of big dreamers in this room. Glory to God. So verse 7, his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here, I am with you according to your heart. What loyalty. What loyalty. Nothing restrains the Lord by saving by many or few. God can use many or He can use a few, but He wants to use you. You. God wants to use you. All of you. And it's time to dream again. To have a dreams that are so big that it interests our Father. Because if your dream is so small, you won't need our Father. But God wants you to dream again and to dream in God. I, I, I pray, I pray that you've been encouraged this morning just to look beyond yourself, to recognize that it's not by chance you're here. Let's go through those five things we just learned. Let the Lord use you, number one. Let the Lord fight the battle, number two. Let everybody know God is real and that you are His servant, number three. Know that you are sent. You are sent. And number five, God can use many or few 
but He wants to use you. Take that home, meditate on it, get a dream, get a vision, hold on to it, a vision from God. If it comes from God, it's not going to be puny. It'll burn within you. May God light a fire in your spirit, not in your head, but in your spirit, through His Word, through His Spirit, for the glory of His name, that we might go out together and shake the world. Turn the world upside down. Turn Northland upside down. Glory to God. It is already upside down. We want to turn it the right way up. Hallelujah. Father, we just lift up the Word to You. We lift up Your name. We honour You, Father. We pray for a dream that is big, that involves You, that You would just speak into our spirits, into our lives again today. Father, cause us to dream many dreams, to never stop dreaming about the possibilities, endless possibilities in You, O God. Father, we thank You for every man and woman who sits here in Your presence today. We thank You that they are sent by You, Father. You want to use them. It's not by chance they're here today. And Father, I speak blessing over every one of them, that You would empower them by Your Word and by Your Spirit, and that You would lead them, Father. They might not just follow other people, but they follow the Good Shepherd of the sheep and be led by You. You have chosen us all, Lord. And we thank you that you've ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit, that it should be fruit that remains. And we declare great fruit, great revival throughout Northland. And Father, we call in souls to Christ from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. Father, Jesus said, no one comes to me except my Father in heaven draws him. And we know you're so delighted in drawing people to your Son. We ask that you'd move, that the wind of your Spirit would begin to blow in Northland that the bones would come alive, as it were, and live again, Father, we pray. We just speak against the enemy who comes to rob and destroy and steal. We bind the enemy from his work, from deceiving their hearts and the minds of the people that you've created in your image. And we just release people to hear the Word of God, to respond to the Word, Father, because you're drawing them by your Word and through your Spirit. We're excited, Father. We're dreaming great dreams. Father, we just pray that you'd lead us, that you'd grow us as people to dream even greater dreams in your name. And we just declare that the battle is the Lord's. And we trust in you, Father, to bring to fruition all that you have in your heart because it excites us, Father, as you reveal it to our hearts. We praise you, our God, in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.